All right, here we are back again. BP Hero Podcast, Season 7, Episode number 31. We're going to start off with our usual. We're going to ramble for a little bit. i got a few things I do want to talk about. And then from that, we're going to uh, snowball into talking with our friend CJ. CJ Spink is a, is a, a friend of mine. He's been on the podcast once. And we're going to have him back. This is his first year playing conference softball. So I'm curious to know what his thoughts are on stuff like swinging the 240s and the Pro-Ms. What's his gamer of choice? What's the experience like? Because I think that's something like we all have questions about unless we've been there, right? And then the, the big thing that I want to talk about is his B team beat Smash It Sports, the major team, at the Pocket City Duel in a, in a wild one. The, the end of the game was crazy. Well, I don't, I don't want to uh, spoil and elaborate too much. Obviously, if you follow much of the conference softball, you've probably already seen that. But if you haven't, uh, it's, it's fun to watch. Do we all or have we all had aspiring dreams to be there? Sure, of course. I, I think you'd be... Every person that plays softball would be lying. Sorry, every person that plays softball in a tournament setting or even remotely competitively would be lying if they said they hadn't thought about uh, what it would be like to be at that level or play at that level or what would you be like at that level. And we've all been there. But to be there and do it and then on top of all of that to live through the experience of beating one of no question, the best teams in the country. We want to hear about it. And CJ's going to tell us about it. But in the meantime, it's Ramblatron session for about 20 minutes. CJ's going to join us at about 9.20 is what we, we had planned out. He said that was perfect. So that's what we went with. CJ's a family man out doing the family stuff tonight. Give him a little bit of time to get home, get settled in. And tell us his story. But in the meantime, how is everybody doing? If you played softball last weekend, how'd you do? If you got softball coming up this current weekend, how'd you do? Jason, how you doing, buddy? Also, uh, I've been trying to be a little more active on social media in regards to uh, sorry excuse me I've been trying to be a little more active on social media in regards to just posting more often um, like on Facebook and stuff sometimes it's not always all about constantly posting videos it's about conversation starters it's about uh, asking questions and doing that kind of thing and just kind of getting a feel for the room right and as a spinoff it can also help kind of give us some topics and things we want to talk about, right? So that's been kind of fun. I've been trying to um, make a daily post. I kind of fell off there for for a little bit, but um, that has been fun. Got another review coming soon. Then I'm going to try and smash out some Throwback Thursday action, hopefully for tomorrow. All kinds of good stuff coming. 
but we'll do the usual. Uh, if you're not familiar with the podcast, uh, you could skip ahead to probably the 10-minute mark. We're just going to kind of chill out, uh, BS for a few minutes, and let everybody kind of file in after they get their live notification. And then we'll get started, talk about just a couple of things here. Then we'll hit up our man CJ and get this thing going. What's up, Q? How you doing? Jason says he's got a tournament this weekend. They just changed to allow any level players up to three to add to your roster. Uh, that's an interesting... Is that sanctioned? That's kind of weird. I don't like that. Um, I know... Oh, gosh. It was in the, the post I made about... Uh, what rule would you change? And that was kind of brought up like, I'm, I'm not singling Kansas City out or, or any of the directors or anything else. This is just the example. I'm sure there's other places that do it too. But uh, the, the Kansas City rules, Kansas City's always got their, they've always got their own kind of spin or twist on rules for tournaments. Like, uh, there's been tournaments where they've allowed, instead of having, if you're a D team, instead of having three C players, you can have one B player if you have no C players. Uh, stuff like that. I mean, I guess in theory that makes sense, but like, why, why create controversy? Why create, why, why just, just what's wrong with the rules? And then, um, there was another instance where a couple of years ago, the national rule was you play D, you hit a home run after you're out. It's an inning, inning out. But uh, Missouri decided to leave it as a DBO. And I don't like that from the aspect of if you go play a national tournament, if you play on the national level, or say you go to Worlds and you've been playing all year long with DBOs, now all of a sudden it's an IEO. I don't. I, I've, I'll, like I said before, I'll always be a proponent of the IEO in those situations, but it's just a consistency of rules across the board. Consistency of rules, consistency of trying to choose my words wisely here. Uh, consistency of uh, regulations and punishments, let's say. So, example. A team gets caught with a player, in theory, not on their roster. The team gets a two-month suspension. But you get caught using restitched softballs. Altered equipment. Altered equipment. You get six weeks. How does one player not on a roster... How is that a bigger deal than... Altered equipment. Tell me that. That's kind of wild to me. There's, there's got to be some sort of checks and balances. You know, if you want to strip them of their win, if the team won the tournament, you want to strip them of their win and uh, suspend them from whatever event they want to play next. <clears throat> or I guess you can't do that because then they could just not sign up for anything, but suspend them for, you know, a couple of weeks or something, or maybe suspend them from uh, a state tournament or something that 
you know for a fact they would play, or, or you could come up with something other than suspending them for two months for one player when altered equipment only gets you six weeks. That's just kind of crazy to me. Matthew Clark says, listening on the ride home from winning the ship tonight. Nice job. You hit any dingers, dude? Jason Herndon says he is playing U-Trip. And it's the state director tournament. Oh, boy. What's up, Adam? How you doing, buddy? Q says, enjoying the beautiful weather for this time of year. Yeah. Dude, it was 83 degrees today. That's BP weather right there. I left for work this morning, and I was kind of like, ooh, it's kind of chilly out here. I'm okay with that, though. That also means the hardball is going to fly here pretty soon. Uh, Mike wants to know, should slow pitch softball be under one association besides senior, of course? Uh, no, I don't mind there being um, different sanctions. Different sanctions, different rules, different ways things work. I don't hate that. I don't hate that theory at all, really. Um, that would be like having one brand of car. Obviously, like it's on a way bigger level. But variety is good. You know, I wouldn't want to play somewhere where every pitcher can pump fake. Every pitch height is uh, 6 to 10 feet and all, all these other rules and regulations. To me, that's kind of what makes it fun is the variety a little bit. You go play U-Trip. U-Trip's so serious. And it, it's a very fast-paced game. And I understand we're talking slow pitch softball. Do not misunderstand me. But U-Trip softball in a competitive environment is a fast-pitched game. Sorry, fast-paced game compared to ASA, which, man, it can, it can be like watching paint dry sometimes. You know, the, the, the pitchers aren't hustling. Everybody has to be set before the next pitch is thrown. Um, the higher arcing pitches... I know it's just little things, but it just adds up. And don't get me wrong, I'll still play and watch it all. But U-Trip is definitely funner to watch. Uh, Q says that Mitchell and him were talking on Sunday, and we think they should all rank across the board the same. Yeah, but every sanction's got their own idea of how the, the rosters and the roster rules should work. I actually like NSA's points system that they use. The only thing I don't like about that is the fact that you come in essentially a C player if you have no player history. That's just kind of crazy. It doesn't seem fair. I mean, for someone trying to start the game, try sorry, for someone trying to start out, play the game, say NSA is all you have for sanctioned softball around there, an E team would have to start out playing C because you get. I think you start with four points. There's no way you could take a team full of players, and it's just crazy to me. It's just crazy to me that, that to start out you're essentially ranked C, 
but you know, I guess it kind of would keep you from sandbagging a little bit. But what's it take? You'd have to play a whole year of getting your 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 crap just pushed in in order to drop down a level and play silver because that just doesn't make any sense to me. It just doesn't. So I don't agree with that aspect, but I do really like the points system. Instead of having, you know, what, uh, 7D players and 3C players, you go based off of points. So you could have a guy with a bunch of points and you could have some guys with just a few points. They average your points out over three years based on who you've played with. Uh, Quentin says that he just doesn't like that a C team in U-Trip. Q, did you speak English? I just don't like that a C team in U-Trip and is dominate. Okay, okay, dominant. Okay, I see what you're saying. Sorry. I just don't like that a C team in U-Trip and is dominant. You can go play ASA, D, or B player in U-Trip is D and ASA. I get that. Understand where you're coming from. It's kind of weird. Like the, the director could intervene. I guess you could say you could you could make the case of hey, they shouldn't be here. But at the same time, those are the rules that have been put in place. When ADL went on their run and won D State four years in a row, they could have signed up for a fifth year. They would have been able to play D for a fifth year. After a certain amount of time, you have to come up with like a plus system. There's got to be something. There has to be something. And I understand that ASA has a plus system, but they don't utilize it very well here. Of course, it's kind of the Wild West as well. Uh, you know, you're talking about rules that uh, don't fall in line with the national stuff. You can swing U-Trip bats in ASA here. I like it, personally, yeah. But if we're going back to consistency across the board, I've spent the whole year playing ASA, and I've been swinging my Suncoast, my Suncoast 240, U-Trip bat, whatever. Then I go to Nationals, well, I've got to find an ASA bat now. What if I don't have an ASA bat? Then I have to go and buy a bat for one tournament? Weird concept. Don't quite understand that, but it is what it is. A few more minutes here, and then we'll let CJ file on in. But the big news, bowling update. Bowling league starts in two weeks. Should be a good time. Got the right bowling ball in this time. We're going to be all set up, ready for action. But tomorrow night, I'm going to do my damnedest to vlog. I know you guys like the vlogs. I haven't played a whole lot of league this year, and that's by choice. Tournaments have been hard to come by. I really haven't had much of an opportunity to play tournaments. But uh, league just, it's its hard for me to play league sometimes. It's not that I don't have fun. I enjoy seeing everybody. I had fun playing league last year. But I don't know, just something about, it just feels redundant sometimes. Unless... And nothing against any of the teams I've ever been on, but if it's the right group of people, like I've been playing uh, league a little bit here and there with um, Spencer's team. If you're if you're local, you know who Spencer is. 
been playing league with Spencer's team. Dude, I always have fun. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, Spencer needed a player last week, went and played, had a blast. Spencer needed a player again tomorrow, had a blast. And let me pull this up. The challenge has been issued. And it's going down. can't get that to pull up without that. So here, I'm not even going to let you see the clip. I'm just going to let you listen. <laughs> I'll pause this music. I'm going to turn this up. I'm just going to let you listen and let you laugh. That is a softball bat that will be featured in a video very soon. And I thought it'd be fun <clears throat> to kind of add a twist to things. So we got league coming up. Uh-oh, hang on. We got somebody at the door. doorbell camera and I just got a notification that someone's at my door. Oh, it's 920 at night. Okay, let me go check on this. I can't get this to load. I'm going to make sure nobody's at my door and this thing's just tripping. I'm going to finish my story and then we're going to bring CJ on. Give me two seconds. Oh, sorry. The music's really loud. I'm sorry. How's that? Okay, I don't know what that was all about. Sorry about that. So anyway, so that bat you heard is the DeMarini Steel. Review will be coming soon, but I thought it'd be kind of fun. A little like uh, vlog content, you might say. Because like, I don't mind vlogging, but sometimes it's weird to me to just kind of go through the motions with the vlog. If there's a point to the vlog, I feel like it's a lot more appealing. If we had that bat... Brian and I reviewed it. And then I got to thinking like we've got all these guys coming out tomorrow playing league with a bunch of with a bunch of friends. I said, you know what, screw it, we're doing this. So I sent out a message with the video clip that from the sound that you just heard and basically said, Hey, 
Listen, everybody passes this thing around tomorrow. Whoever has the most hits, $20 bill. It's yours. So that's going to be fun. That's definitely going to make the vlog worth watching. Should be a really good time. Should be <laughs> plenty of good laughs because we're going to be with a great group too. So that, that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to that. But with no further ado, let's see if CJ. Oh, he's looking at sent me a message. Says, ready when you are, buddy. Okay, we can deal with that. Let me get my headset out here. Thanks. So let's go here. You guys can still hear me good, right? Correct? Is that is that factual news? Okay. Had to switch some audio things around here. So I wanted to make sure everything was still good. Call incoming, CJ. Hello, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Give me two seconds here, can CJ. Oh, let's see. There, you can hear me now, can't you? I need output. Hello. Done. How about now? Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay, can there we go. Me? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's turn this music off. Nobody needs to hear that. Everybody wants to hear the sweet sound of your voice. That music is probably a lot more sensual than my voice is going to be. <laughs> hey, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. If they, if they don't like it, they know where the X button's at. They can click right out of it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I like to hear. So listen, thanks for catching up with us. I know you were busy tonight. You said you were on the grind doing the coaching duties, right? Oh, yeah. My son had his first kid pitch game tonight after doing machine pitch for two years. So, Did he hit a dinger? He did not. He got a couple base hits and... At, at this age, they're they're nine U. They're playing up in a ten U league, but it's it's like a Parks and Rec okay. type thing. It's it's not very high level for the most part. Um, just to get their feet wet, so it's it's good for him. He got yeah. a couple hits and a lot of walks, a lot of a lot of hit batters. So yeah, and, and uh, the catching the catching always seems to be very lackluster when it comes to that stuff too. I think some of that stuff the kids aren't quite ready for, but they got to learn at some point, right? You might as well rip the band aid. Yeah, they do, and I mean, you'd be surprised how how good some of these eight-year-old kids are and how many tournaments that they play in a year. Oh, it's crazy. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of people out there that I personally think are over the top, but uh, I'm sure <laughs> some people might say that we're a little over the top, too. I try not to be, but... Well, I mean, it's it's all part of the territory. I mean, it's if the kids want to play a handful of tournaments a year, that's fine. But, man, you got people that travel all over the Midwest every weekend. Like, one, how do you afford that? And, two, how is that fun to be away from home every weekend? 
it's tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, we we did one travel tournament this year and probably like four others locally. And even just doing that on top of doing trying to do anything else is rough. I mean, sure. fitting that around soft and trying to fit some softball in in that time is just it gets crazy. Sure. But I mean, hey, at least I feel like five is a good number. It's, it's not like, you know, it's about one a month for the summertime. That, yeah. That's that's a good balance instead of just living at the ballpark every weekend. I, I don't know how people afford that. That's the craziest thing to me. It is. It's, there's a lot of these teams that travel once a month. Um, you know, they're then they're playing two other weekends out of the month. And you think you, you pay for stuff at the concessions. You pay for your hotels. You pay for travel. It's Yeah. It adds up quick. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, we got you here tonight, okay? Yes, sir. We're not we're not, we're not going to jump straight to the straight to the juicy stuff yet. But oh, yeah. uh, let's let's start with uh, this is your first year in the conference. Yeah, you moved up from C one C state last year, got the B bump, and a few of you guys decided to dabble into the conference stuff. Correct? Yes, sir. So, what has been what separates uh, what you might consider local softball from uh, kind of the conference, like what's been the biggest eye opener to you so far? Um, I think just the the level of ball player that you play against every single weekend. Um, you know, you you go to like last year, every tournament we went to, we expected to win. Sure. Um, this year, um, I started with RBCG and then I moved over to Hub's Pub just recently, and um, this year you go into a tournament and you basically almost know you have no chance of winning it. <laughs> um, and so you're kind of really just hoping to go like three and two, four and two, um, hoping to, you know, beat the teams that are at the B and hopefully the A teams as a, as a B team. Sure. And then uh, hopefully break somebody's heart. Um, one of the double A's or the, the major teams. So it's, it's just a different mindset. Um, you're, you're playing against, teams full of dudes instead of teams with a couple dudes on it um, <laughs> yeah i know I mean, what you mean i mean Brand, i've always said brandon Keene, one of my one of my good buddies hits the ball harder than you know anybody i've seen Dude, until he like hard. this year until this year when you know you play teams full of him and guys <laughs> that hit it even harder and that's, so, and that's a crazy uh, thought to fathom as well it really is yeah it really is i mean he yeah he's unreal himself, but yeah, some of these guys out there are just, it's even crazier how fast that ball bounces off their bat. Yeah. So you, you've made a little bit of a name for yourself the last couple of years as a pitcher. Uh, obviously you're kind of a jack of all trades. You can play anywhere. Have you done any pitching in the conference yet so far? I pitched one inning, um, in Cincinnati when I was with RVCG, we were playing Chick-fil-A, okay. uh, their double A team. And they were just on, they couldn't miss. They, every single ball that they hit, was just absolutely scorched. There was nothing hit soft. Um, I, there's there's a video out there. Um, I forget the guy's name. I think it's their three hitter, but, but he cut. Well, he didn't cut it. He hit a ball at our shortstop about head high. That yeah. Knuckled, and it knuckled so badly that it he didn't get any glove on it. It just blasted off his knee. Didn't hit the ground. It was it was unreal. Um, so they were they were mashing against us. They could they didn't make any outs, and the outs that they did were were rockets. So finally, I come in and uh, I pitched one inning. Um, I think I still ended up giving up like six runs, but I think it was like four solos, a couple hits here and there, 
But it happens fast, though. It happens so so fast. fast. It's so fast because, I mean, those guys hit those solos, and it doesn't matter because you get 12 home runs or or whatever it is, depending on what level player or what level team you're playing against. So you hit those four solos, and it's like, okay, cool, we get eight more. And (laughs) with these – with the 240 bats and the pro M's right now, the balls aren't really going like they would with a 220. So, um, so it, it, it really doesn't matter if you hit four solos in a game. Sure. Yeah. And that's kind of a, especially in a situation where kind of like you said, you're not going in there pl- planning to lose, uh, but you kind of have to understand like the writing might be on the wall. Right. So right. for them to have 12 home runs, you're thinking, Oh, no big deal, but that's 12 home runs. They get to use in a short game. That's not even a full game. So they basically right. just get to free swing for the whole game, you know? Exactly. And that's what a lot of the, the upper teams try to do is they use them all early because they don't think that you can keep up and hit with them the whole time. Sure. Um, so they they make it get themselves in trouble, you know, the sixth, seventh inning if you do hit with them. Um, but a lot of teams just at the B level don't have the power to match up with those teams and that's kind of what separates the B from the A, the A to the double A, the double A to the major is just like how many guys in that lineup can blow it out at any point in time. Sure. So it's like uh so what I've always said, just from what I've seen, I've obviously I've never played uh, near that level, but for, for just outside looking in, what I see is uh, it's not so much. I mean, obviously you're going to have a skill gap. We're, we're, we're talking major, but I'm talking, I'm thinking anything from like a, uh, down to like maybe even your top tier C teams, like it's it's the level of consistency. Like the skill level might be all about the same, but it's the level of consistency. Obviously, when you're getting into like double A and A t- in major teams, that's a different story. But um, is that kind of what it's like? I mean, they're just good top to bottom. Yeah, and I, it it that's that's all it is from from B as you go up. The better teams are, they, their guys are more consistent. They they know what they do best, and they don't try to do too much. Um, they stick to what they do best. You know, a lot of, a lot of guys at the lower levels, like they'll be a good pole hitter. Um, but they may be afraid to hit into a double play or something. So they try to force something backside and that's not their best swing. Guilty. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, me too. I, I've, I've done that for years just cause you know, I, I personally didn't originally have the confidence to, Hey, if I don't hit this right in the spot that I want to, you know, that I'm not going to hit into a double play, but, right. um, these guys are like, Hey, I hit the I hit the hell out of this six hole, and go ahead and put your guy there. I'm either going to hit it through him or I'm going to hit it over him. So, um, guys don't try to do too much um, at that level. And again, I mean, it when you can free swing like that and kind of kind of just swing as hard as you can and not have to worry about anything that that helps those those bigger guys too. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and and just. Yeah, the all of that on top of the the consistency of the defense is just it's it's unreal how good some of these major guys are at defense, and and you don't even realize it because usually they're just hitting the hell out of the ball. Yeah, see that's that's one thing you know everybody's always saying I could play in the conference. You know I'm hitting uh, 800 playing C, or you know this guy's got a ton of pop. Well, that's great, but uh, you got room for about two guys, maybe three tops that can hit 800 and play first base. You know you you got to right. have defenders too. I yeah. think that's something that kind of gets slept on is the level of defense. Everybody, you know, like when you, you scroll through any live feed, like you see on Facebook or anywhere else, and everybody's always saying, oh, you know, I, I could hit the ball coming underhand. Okay, that's fine. You can hit it hard coming underhand. But let's see you go field it. Right. 
I, I feel like that's that's the big thing that it's also fun to watch too. In some of those closer games, or uh, maybe a game where the elements are really a factor, so defense really plays more of a, more of a part. I always feel like that's kind of a fun thing to see as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can The thing is, you can't hide anybody anywhere. Sure. Um, right. A lot of times, you know, you try to hide so hide a guy at first base. You know, big hitter, not the best fielder, but eh, it's just first base. Well, you get these huge lefties like you get uh, Everett Williams and and Buddy Wolf and, yeah, no and guys thanks. like that <laughs> yanking balls at first baseman. Like you're just asking those guys that can't field to get themselves hurt. Um, yeah, yeah. You, if you if they come up and I'm playing first base, you'll find me either on the right field fence or in the dugout waiting for the ball to go by so I can come out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. So yeah, I mean, and lefties, you know, they just already swing weird already. So yeah, them right. pulling the ball at you over there is just already not natural. So it's it's interesting for sure. You kind of touched on the the bats and the balls a little bit. So what there the, this is a kind of a, a popular unpopular topic you might say kind of kind of a one of both what's your thoughts on the pro am Well so when the pro am originally first came out I think it it might have been 2 years ago uh-huh. um this was when we were still see we played a GSL tournament in Indiana this is when we met the Amish and that's they're a whole other story in the first place. But <laughs> okay, we got to uh, hear that one too. Then, <laughs> well, yeah, oh yeah, oh, great. I still have nightmares. <laughs> I still have nightmares. Um, but not those dudes are awesome, by the way. But uh, no, we we got these, and we and we go to this tournament. I had never heard of this ball before, and we're just hitting our classic M's in the heat, and they're obviously trash. Um, and we're playing this team that doesn't have a very good record. Like we we should be beating them easy, and we were, but the balls coming off their bats just like sounded so much better than ours. And, um, I, I finally caught a ball in the air and I looked at the ball. I'm like, what the, is this a stadium ball? Like, what is this? And when we first were hitting them, like we were hitting them, it was like 95 degrees out and it was still sounding like a classic M in the cold. And it was flying way better than the classic M's were. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I, I saw those and, and, you know, realize that that's what they were going to go to. I'm like, all right, well, this is a solution to the classic M being crap in the heat. And it's pretty consistent at the night. I I don't feel like it, uh, got much harder than the classic M would, um, at night. So I was like, all right, this is gonna be a really consistent ball. Well, this year it's like hitting a sock. Like, and I know last year is kind of when the issues started, but like, I would honestly rather hit an ASA 52, like a hot dot, than hit one of these Pro-Ms. Like, we played ASA Co-Ed State two weekends ago, and I was talking, Brandon Keene played with me too, and we're like, I would rather hit that 52-300 ASA ball with a monster bat than one of these Pro-Ms with any of these 240 bats. Really? Yeah, it. I mean, you don't you you just don't get consistency. Like the feedback's not great off the ball. Like it's like a it's like it's like you know a little little baby fart after you hit it. Um, just like that. Yeah. Like it's just it's 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 rough. So I noticed in uh, the clips that DW posted, I believe it was from uh, the Smoky. Yeah. Man, you could you could tell they sounded soft. Yes, but it, it's hard to tell. Sometimes microphones like don't pick up sound very well. But they they sounded soft, but it seemed like uh, the guys that should have been hitting them were still hitting them out. But they so, are. so I'm interested to know. So you do 
have you hit this is just my my curiosity wondering so have you hit pro ms with a 220 bat and then yeah, gone so, back to the 240 is it, is it is it any different so I, this year i don't know that i've hit a pro m with a 240 bat um i've hit some 44 400s in a tournament but i've played less this year than i have in the, since i've been playing softball um so I haven't really swung with a 220 bat, but I mean, previously, like I said, when they first came out, I hit them with 220 bats, and they felt fine. Yeah. Um, but it's just I don't know what it is about these balls this year, and I guess there's two different batches. There's like a DV ball, and there's another like kind where the one is actually really good, oh, and then okay. the other one's the sock. So they're like, oh. They throw the good balls in for the major guys and yada, yada, oh, yada. Jesus, well, here we go. It's, that's what a lot of people say. But at, at the same time, again, like those dudes are major for a reason. Those dudes are guys built like Ryan Harvey <laughs> yeah. are going to are gonna hit either ball just as hard. And they're going to make guys like me look like, you know, I'm just a co-ed all-star, you know. <laughs> See, and that, that's one thing I uh, people don't put in perspective sometimes. You know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that there may not be some funny business going on to a certain capacity when it comes to uh, players and their equipment at a certain level. But to say that every player is playing some funny business, man, just like you stop and think like you show up at the ballpark and you stop and think to yourself like, OK, who's the best player in the ballpark tonight? And you point at that one guy. Well, guess what? Now there's a team with a whole bunch of those one guys on it. Right. It's not just you know a league team that decided to go sign up and play some tournaments. It's it's like the best players in the country all getting together to play. Yeah, it, it, you know, and that's that's something that you know because people like you said the two forties uh, don't seem to be as good this year. I have I've been hearing a lot of people say that, but you know you still got some guys still hitting them out with ease. Well, look what they were doing with old equipment. You know, oh, let, yeah. let them swing your bat and they'll do the same thing, you know? Oh, yeah. It's not even – it's it, – I mean, doing – swinging these bats and seeing the way, like, some of those top guys hit the ball, even when it's a little bit deadened compared to what it's been in the years past, is just – it's it's scary to think that they were swinging those 220s with, you know, classic M's at, at 70 degrees and whatever else back in the – like – how many three four years ago like it's scary as a defender and as a pitcher to to think how hard some of those balls were going to come back at you well i know um, i remember uh do you remember al uh, al kennan he was from the st louis area i don't know if you ever met him or not no um, i don't think i do he he pitched a little bit in the conference and we uh we ran into him in, the, in a tournament one time a little local tournament and he was kind of talking about some of that stuff and he was saying like uh playing like at the major using stadium balls he said there'd be times you wouldn't you would just hear them go by. You couldn't even see them. Like, uh, I one hundred percent believe that. Yeah, and that's that's crazy to think. You know, we're, we're using two twenty bats, using a stadium ball, and you got to think about the guys that get seven or eight games in a day. They have their bats tested in the morning and then not touched for the rest of the day, and they've been hitting stadium balls all day. And that's not counting guys passing bats around. I mean, right. what's a death wish almost? <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, again, you just throw it and hope that it, like, you put your glove right, right in the right spot where it's going. In that case, I don't, I, and I, I don't know. Maybe I don't know enough, um, and haven't been around enough. But I, I'm not one of those people. I think that they should swing just a regular pro ems in the stadium still, um, instead of going to them stadium balls. 
Um, I get that it's almost 400 feet to center field, but um, they're hitting them 400 feet any other time. Right. Some of those guys, it'll be perfectly fine. Um, and then once night tonight time comes around again, the balls are still going to go. Oh yeah. Um, just but like... I'm also I'm also more of a defensive minded person, so. No, and I don't hate that either. Like I, I'm a big fan of um, deadened equipment. You might say maybe lesser performing equipment. Uh, just to kind of bring the defensive aspect back in the game. And if you're a good hitter, it's not going to matter what you're swinging or what you're hitting. You're going to figure out a way to use it. Exactly. Yeah, you're going to either either still be able to hit the home run like some of these guys can, or you're going to figure out how to line off to your gap, hit your holes, you know. Correct. Um, I mean, it, it, it's if it if everybody can just get up there and hit a home run, it's too easy. Um, and that's what happens a lot of times. Like, you got – a lot of guys like my size swinging two twenties and these these pro M's in the cold and just dropping bombs all the time and that's just that's just not realistic no. how the game should be especially when some of these massive human beings like you know Ryan Harvey and and John John Williams that are just mashing these crappy balls with these crappy bats so yeah. <laughs> why give them better equipment <laughs> exactly it's just it's already not fair that they're they're so good and so it's just. I, I like the way it is right now, even even as as much as it sucks as a hitter, um, I prefer it the way it is. Yeah, absolutely. E- even watching the game, uh, again, you know, some people don't want to play the games and, and see 40 runs a game and this and, the, and this and that and carry on. But to, to see defense involved a little more at that level, I don't hate it. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I prefer a 20 to – 25 run game between each team and then you know you get a bit of bit of hitting bit of defense and yeah um if you can out home run somebody that you know obviously will carry you a little bit further instead of being something like uh the smoky where you get games in the 60s and 70s and don't get me wrong those are still fun to watch yeah. but at a certain point it's just like okay this is a little ridiculous <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think there was a game on saturday between rismondo and monster I think the final score was 47 to 45. Oh man. Um, and we so we started out watching that game and like the first two innings I think Resmondo was up like 17 to 3 and we're like all right well Resmondo's probably going to walk away with this one monster you know they were kind of struggling a little bit at first. Well then they turned it on they they ended up being up like 34 to 27 at one point. And then it just it was a back and forth battle. We kept walking away thinking it was over and yeah. it wasn't. <laughs> So, but yeah, I mean that was probably a two and a half hour game too. I mean, that's insane. I love softball, but two and a half, two hour games suck as well. So it's 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 hard to find that happy medium. I think they're in a better spot than they have been in years past with it, though. So you know, we were talking about bats earlier uh, with the two forties. Like, one, what's your thoughts on the two forties? And two, what are you gaming? Um, so I'm I'm swinging the APG twos. Okay. Uh, I got two of them. I got a 25 and a 26. I've been swinging the 26 mostly this year. Um, uh, that's that that white and red, um, Annie Purcell Louisville mm-hmm. Slugger, um, and that that's my favorite one so far. Um, I've got some some Onyx bet that I won in a raffle. That's just absolutely garbage. I just use it for <laughs> BP, really. Hey, at least you're honest. So I, yeah, so I don't <laughs> so I don't break. Uh, my my other bets but my so my louisville's i think they're still testing at like 260 or 270 and they're so fun to hit and they're still amazing 
Like yeah. I broke it in right. I, I, you know, hit them with the cotton balls and whatever else you got to hit them <laughs> with to, to not make them break. And, and I, you know, I, I did it the right way. And now I'm, you know, I'm kind of BP in them a little bit more just so I can try to get the compression down a little bit. Um, but they're still gas. Like they're, they're so good. Um, I've swung, what else did I swing? I swung a, the Sun Coast. The Sun Coast is pretty good. Um, those feel a little bit more like a monster from like a feedback wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what so I get tighter, more responsive kind of barrel. Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly right. It, uh, the, the, the Louisville, the ball kind of just jumps right off of it. Um, and the, the sun coast is more like a, I don't know. It is tacky, but I, I don't know if I would say that it's just a little bit more feedback than you get off the Louisville, just mm-hmm. more feel um off hitting the ball those are probably my top two right now um swung a couple eastons earlier in the year and those didn't didn't impress me too much and um i swung a pure here and there some people say pure really good i haven't swung them too much but pures are fun yeah um but i'm I'm interested to try that new u-triple-s-a monster bet because i've always been i know you hate monster but uh (laughs) I've always been an ASA Monster fan, and just the feedback that I get off the bat always just feels so comfortable. So um, I'm interested to try one of those. But yeah. I, th- I think the 240 bats are, are fine. I mean, um, really it just comes down to how low of compression the bat can get before it breaks. Um, so, it, it, but And with these, these balls, it's hard to tell if the 240 bats make a difference or if it's just the crappy batch of balls that they got going right now. True. I, yeah, I guess that's more what I was going with that question I asked earlier was well, when I asked you if you'd hit the pro with the 220 was, uh, do you think it's more the bat or the ball? It's something that might be a combo of both if we're starting the theory of uh, batches uh, with yeah. the balls. I, I hadn't yeah, heard that, but yeah, uh, you know, I hadn't heard it from a reliable source yet. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I've been seeing as well. And then, you know, you kind of you kind of get out there and you hit a ball that you're like, all right, I hit that good. That should, the line drive should carry over the second baseman and just stops right at him it doesn't rise <laughs> up or do anything it's like well that sucks right so but yeah i mean i i'd be interested to hit my uh my louisville's with like some classic m's or, or something different just to try to see if there's a true distance uh, true difference yeah i tell you i will tell you the louisville's are fun in the cold i swung uh that that gin is the jenny i guess you would we could, would call it i swung the yeah. jenny in a in a tournament it was about 40 degrees one day and Man, that that good feedback got even better. <laughs> oh yeah, it just bounces off, and it's oh, almost yeah. like the barrel like gets harder, like a like a an Easton, an old Easton that's passing at like one sixty. Yeah, and that's the what it feels like. Obviously, it's not hitting like one of those would hit, but um, it's it's got that feel where it's just like you almost feel nothing when you barrel the ball up. Yeah, the feedback instills confidence. You want to hit it, you know. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. So one question here, and then we're going to get into story time. Uh, Fat guy BP wants to know uh, what hitter scares you the most on the infield. Like, what's that one guy that he comes to the plate and you're like, God, please hit it somewhere else. Um, well, so we I played MPT earlier in the year. I'm trying to think of all the the upper teams that I played. Um, MPT played. Well, we just played Smash It. Mm-hmm. Um. Probably John Williams. I mean, 
it's it's John Williams and Harvey. I mean, those guys, like Harvey. Luckily, like when we played them, they were they were waxing us. So like he he purposely stayed out of the middle, um, and he is not really a big middle hitter anyway. No, but uh, it, it it's probably John Williams just because he can hit. He hits more of those like low, head high line drives than Harvey does, and he's just such a massive human being. Like he is a large he, human. He's big on those videos, but when you see him in person, like he is huge. And and what you wouldn't realize about him is he's an incredible athlete. He's one. He's an amazing third baseman. He's got so much range. His hands are incredible. He's got a really good arm too. He he truly uh, is fun to watch. I mean, everybody kind of sleeps on him because he's a he's a big guy. But like you said, he he's he, he he's dang near as big as Harvey as far as like height yeah. and, and, and shoulder width and everything goes. But to for him to be able to move the way he does at his size, it's impressive. Like you said, he's a phenomenal athlete. He gloves it well. He throws it well. And and I I would probably just from the from what I see where I watch, like Williams would be have to be up there as far as like my guy that like I don't want him hitting at me because he will go wherever he wants, whenever he wants. He don't care if his grandma's on the mound. He's hitting it wherever he feels like it, and you don't know when it's coming, and there's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> Yep. So I, Nothing say he can do. And he lets, he lets, it's those guys that like let the ball get so deep on him where like you're like, all right, he might not even swing. And then it's just like, bam, right off your head. Like, <laughs> yes. It's, it's, it's wild. And I mean, I, I, I say that. I don't mean to, he, I know he's hit a couple people in the head this year. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know he's had, probably tried to, but, um, but yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like you see those guys that pitch to these major players every single weekend. And they're not even able to react because of how hard like the guys hitting the ball. It's just, it's impressive and it's scary. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you were you were kind of talking about that just a second ago, and that's that's one thing. Like, is a is a pitcher even at the level that I play at? Those guys that let the ball get in so far on them. That's another reason it's hard to read where they're going to hit the ball. Uh, yeah. you, you just you literally have no clue. Like uh, you were talking about, the, not to beat the dead horse, um, but when he hit uh, Brad Record in the head. Uh, with that swing, dude, that pitch was inside. And like you said, it, it was almost on top of him before he decided to hit it. Yeah. And he can still manage to get it to even just go back through the middle. You could tell it was going to tail into the gap, which is even more crazy to think about. Uh huh. But the guys that can strike the ball like that are just ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not fair. And they're, they're up where they're at for that obvious reason. Uh, so. Yeah. No question. Just, about that. Uh, and it's, it's weird. Like there's a couple of other guys. It's like, you see them hit the ball and initially it's like, all right, I've seen a guy hit that ball uh, ball that hard before. And then once it gets like through the infield, it like takes off to another speed almost. <laughs> it like just, it doesn't slow down ever. God. So it's, it's, it's wild. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to let you pick which story you tell them first. We got to hear about the Amish and then we got to hear about the big victory over the weekend. I'll, I'll start with the Amish. Okay. They're, they're incredible. Um, they're so, yeah, like, so that Indianapolis tournament we were playing in, uh, we go down and we, we kind of heard about them a little bit, but they didn't have very much U-trip history. Like they had only played like eight games that year. I think they were like seven and one or something. Oh and, man. Um, like their scores weren't all that impressive. So it's like, all right, well, what, like, are they hitting these crappy classic M's in the heat or what's going on? Well, this is when that we got the, a hold of those pro ams, and um, so they ended up losing their first game of the day, and 
they had to come all the way back through the loser bracket. I think they had played six games straight before they got to us in the championship and they had to double dip us. Um, they whooped our ass. Um, <laughs> it wasn't even, it, it wasn't even funny. Like the, the first game we played them, um, it was kind of going back and forth, back and forth. And then they just took off. Um, I think they short gamed us in either four or five innings. I think it was like, I don't know, maybe 35 to 20, 40, 20. I don't know what it was. Um, so we're like, well, damn, we weren't expecting that. We we're like, these guys are supposed to be tired after playing as much Dude, as they, they do. Don't wear down. They don't. Well, they're 20 and 21 years old. They're just ripping cigs in the dugout between the bats. <laughs> um, yeah, that, just, that's kind of wild to see too. And you know, you go out and you try to joke with them and they're just like locked in game face. Don't have nothing to say to you. Yeah. Um, after the game, like we, we've spoke to him before and I've talked to him plenty of times since then, just being like, Hey, remember that time you guys whooped our ass? <laughs> uh, and you know, just talking to them, they're cool as hell, but in the game, they got one thing on their mind. Um, so then we get to the second game and we're, we're winning and we're going back and forth again. And the scores, it's like we scored 35 runs. They haven't used any of their home run, or they haven't used all of their home runs. So you got five home runs in a DHH. Okay. They didn't use all their home runs, and they short gamed us in five innings. What? We scored 35 runs. Oh my god! And, they didn't use and, all their home runs. No, and it wasn't it wasn't the 10 after five. It was they were playing the B because it was a BC tournament, so okay. it's 15 after five. We scored about 35 runs, and they still short gamed us. Didn't you, wow, that's nuts. didn't even nuts. use all their home runs. Like, yeah, their their home run hitter probably hit like four of them in his I don't know 27 at bats that game. But <laughs> um, but yeah, they that we I I never understand how you score 35 runs in a game and get short game. So is this the this is now known as rock run, correct? Yeah, it's known as rock run. It's not all the same guys uh-huh. like they, oh yeah uh this makes it even worse they had a couple pickups from like one another amish d team <laughs> oh no <laughs> and they still did this to us you're just building um, a case against yourself here it's all you're doing right <laughs> I now i know it's, it's, it's just it's just tell me how great these guys are I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh but no i think it's uh probably like five or six still from that team and a few others um i don't know from other teams or or where but it's it's Majority, it's, I mean, it's all their homegrown guys. None, they're all B-rated. None of them are A-chips or, um, you know, they don't have any hired guns on their team. It's all sure. Amish guys that they go and work, they take BP, and they all play league together, and they've been doing it for their whole life. So yeah, And it's it's and, impressive uh, to see, too. I remember seeing, and I think it's happened a few other times at a few other tournaments, uh, I remember watching them play at the Smoky. There were teams playing them with a four-man outfield, just to keep them from hitting gaps. That's you yeah. never, you never see a defense set up against a team like that, but they are so worried about that team hitting gaps. It's like, no, we're just giving them a four man. We're not even going to give them a chance. Yeah. Because the only chance you have is to try to keep them to a single. Cause they're all so fast. They don't take anything for granted. Like they, you can hit a, they'll hit a line drive single right to the left fielder. And they're trying to get to two. Whereas a lot of people are like, oh, this is a line drive. He's going to catch it. I'm not going to be able to get there. They're like, no, I'm going to get there. And if you don't charge it hard or if you bobble it, I got a double. They do not care. Yeah, I remember um, seeing – I don't remember who they were playing. They 
it, it was a pop fly to like the shallow, very shallow outfield. I mean, it, to, to the point it was still an infielder's ball. Dude hit it a mile high, and the guy when he hit the second he hit it, it was a left-handed batter. The second he hit it, he just ran. He was halfway to third base before the ball came down, and I don't know if the wind caught the ball or if it knuckled or what happened. The infielder ended up missing the ball, and he stayed on third base. Yeah. Before yep, you can even do nothing. anything about it, he's standing on third they, base. They take nothing for granted. They're going hard, no matter what. Um, and it's, I mean, they they play the game the way it should be played. Honestly, yeah, it's fun to watch. It really is. It is, and they're, I mean, they they get they get wild up. They get uh, they get hyped during those games. Um, but you know, once the game's over, they they'll talk to you. They're super chill, and um, they're they're some pretty cool dudes. I'll be uh, see they're they're B again they're they're B this year right correct they are yep they'll yeah. they'll be the they'll be the number one seed at uh, B Worlds so I was getting ready to we'll say it'll be fun to watch them go to B Worlds yeah we'll hopefully uh, get out there give them a run for their money because uh, at that Kansas City major that uh, they won um, before I was on Hub's Pub they uh, they beat Hub they walked them off in the first championship game it was a really good game so. Um, hopefully we get, we'll get another shot at them at B worlds yeah, that'd championship be cool. or something there. So what we're all here for, and I know I did the typical YouTuber thing. I made everybody sit through this whole podcast <laughs> before. Nobody, I, nobody, nobody would have wanted to listen to what I had to say if you didn't. Yeah, right, right. We need them to know what you have to say before we make them listen to the story. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's paint the picture. It's what uh Saturday night. No, yeah. Friday. Is it Friday or Saturday? I think it was Friday, it was maybe. Friday. It was Friday. Yeah, Friday night. You're going into this game against a major team, one of the best teams in the country. What are you thinking to yourself? Uh, well, I mean, generally when you go into these any of these games as a B team, you're kind of just like, well, keep it close. Try to go seven. I mean, going seven is an accomplishment a lot of times um, in that situation. Sure. Um. So that I mean that's kind of like your my our initial thought when you know you see all right you win this game you play smash it and it's like all right well probably don't have a shot there but you know make it respectable yeah um get you know run some points up and um try not to get short game basically but uh so once we kind of get to that Friday night um it was I think kind of like every element went in our favor um, and I say that because Smash It played, I think they ended up getting third place in the first duel. Um, so they played a lot more games than we did. Mm-hmm. Um, played a lot more on that Friday than we did because they were, I don't know if they were, yeah, they were in the loser bracket for a little while. Um, so I don't know how many games they played, but they played. So they got done, I don't know, around two or three ish. And they sat around for a little while. Well, the field that we were supposed to be on to play them is where the championship of the first duel was being played. And MPT ended up double-dipping Rismondo. So that game didn't get over until way, way, way late. Um, we were supposed to play at 8 o'clock. I don't think the, the if game got over till like 10 o'clock on that field. Oh, wow. So what they made us do instead of making us wait since we were playing smash it and they were out, um, Siteman was supposed to play MPT on another field, but they had to wait for MPT to get done. So they swapped us fields. So it kind of helped that like, I think smash it was a little bit 
not ready to play and kind of annoyed that they made them switch because I don't know, they just weren't prepared for that. Sure. Um, so that field change, I think kind of threw them off, um, on top of not having as much of a break as they thought they would. Um, so that kind of, kind of, I think threw them off from the get go. Um, and then I don't know if this, I don't think the wind, the, okay. So this was one of the fields that the wind was blowing in just a little bit compared to the other ones too. Um, so that helped us out a little bit, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's a beautiful night, probably 75 degrees, um, about eight o'clock that game started and, uh, they're still tired from their games. They've got a lot of their, uh, backups in to, to start the game at least. And, um, you know, I, I think it was one of those where they're just kind of hoping, Hey, let's get through this. Get some swings to get loose again. Get back in the rhythm, and and we jumped out on them, um, and took a took a good lead. I think it was in the third. I think we were up like fifteen to five. Oh wow! I knew yeah. you got up big early, but I didn't realize it was fifteen to five in the third. That's that's you just came out and hit him in the mouth. Then we did. Um, yeah, we came out. I think we only put up four in the first two, so it wasn't like we had a huge one huge inning. Um, so, I mean, we came out and we're just like, all right, we're waiting for them to, to get theirs. And, you know, and it, they just didn't do it to start out at least. Um, but, but we let them hang around. We had a couple one, two, three innings or innings that we didn't score in the middle there um, and let them kind of kept chipping away. Like I said, that power that they have, like, um, just, you know, kind of goes unmatched. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, they were just off there was something it was so weird after after i think the third inning i was talking to our first base coach i'm like this is our game to win like if we're ever going to do this it's right now um so you guys kind of knew blood the blood was in the you you could smell the blood in the water then yeah i mean we knew this was probably our only shot because we were we were one it's one of those situations where like you don't wake a sleeping giant and we weren't like we were just <laughs> playing the game. We weren't saying nothing. We weren't talking trash or nothing. Like we're just like, all right, if you guys want to keep just walking through this, like we're going to let you and just hope that, you know, you don't wake up eventually. Right. Um, so, I mean, we get down to that and uh, we get to, I think it was the seventh inning and we had, like I said, we scored 15 runs the first three innings. We only, scored like six after that until the seventh and uh or was it yeah until the seventh so bottom of the six comes around i think we're up one run i think it's like 21 to 20 maybe and uh they come in and they put up three runs on a couple home runs and uh so we're down 23 21 in the top of the seventh so yeah we come in um, put up a good six right there. Um, we had some guys that, you know, kind of, kind of struggled earlier in that game that came through and, uh, that was huge. So, I mean, we put that six up and we're like, all right, we had a four run lead bottom of the seventh. Um, and I, I, I'm playing left field. I, I'm an infielder. I'm just like, uh, we had a couple of our outfielders missing. So I'm just out in left field. I'm like, well, this is the time to do it. Like, just hold them like we've been doing it all game. Don't do anything different. And uh, credit to, to Mitch. He pitched his ass off. He's he's having an awesome year, by the way. Um, but 
so we start out um you know you know aj webb mm-hmm. i don't know if you know him or not yeah yeah he, he, he played with Newbreed uh years back and i i can almost guarantee you're gonna see these videos um because dw came over to our field and started recording like he does um for his condensed games and all that mm-hmm. because he was like he knew it was close and he was like this could be big if they pull this off so like he was over there and uh I think I think it was Ben Dunn might have been up, and uh, first at, first out of the inning he hits a missile like head high right over Mitch, um, that carries into center field and AJ comes in as hard as he can, low line drive just full like parallel to the ground layout and picks it up about six inches off the ground um, for the first out of the inning, which was huge. Um, and I've seen him make that catch a bunch of times before, so I wasn't surprised, but it was just in the moment so big. Um, so next batter, I don't, I want to say it's, uh, what's his name? He was playing first base for him. I can't think of his name. Um, but he, so he comes up almost not, not the same thing, but he hits the ball in the right center field gap. Everybody off the bat's like, oh, this is a double or triple. AJ again goes and gets it. He's about two feet away from the fence and just snatches it on the warning track. Another just amazing catch. Like, incredible. I'm standing in left field like, uh, uh, I ain't nothing I can do to help him, but <laughs> Cheer I, him I, I had a nice, uh, yeah, I had a nice, uh, nice vision of it. So we had two outs right off the bat. So I'm just like, oh my God, like, we're going to win this game. Like, we got this. This, this is the only time that it's going to happen. And uh, I forget who came up next. I think it was McClanahan, Ryan McClanahan, which we didn't get him out all game. I think he was like six for six or seven for seven. Dude, he's good. Um, he's underrated. He very good. He's very he, – I mean, he's obviously amazing defensively. Um, but hitting-wise, he's he's definitely underrated there. He's a very good hitter. He yes, hits he all fields. And uh, somebody I'd like to try to emulate, obviously. Um, so he comes up and he was money he hit the four hole. Like it was nobody's business. Like it was just way too easy. Um, and I think he, he walked the next guy. And so it's, it's two outs man on first and second. So we're not really worried about anything. Um, it's the pitcher spot come up. Uh, Jonas was pitching for him and who had been pinch hit for before. And he, he doesn't have a whole lot of power a lot. A lot of them pitchers up there are really good pitchers, but they get pinch hit for a lot. Just mm-hmm. they're just not there to be hitters. Um, so they pinch hit Purcell for him, um, and you know Purcell obviously he's he's one of the best pitchers of all time. Used to be you know one of the long haul bombers that just hit bombs all the time, but you know he's not really that guy anymore at the sure. plate. Still very um, crafty in his age. Oh, it's super crafty. I mean, just just a. Uh, veteran hitter that can hit any hole he wants to hit and uh so we're like all right well he's probably not gonna hit a home run here and even if he does we're still up one so i'm still not super nervous um so mitch gets a strike on him and makes another really good pitch right after and he hits a excuse me hits a chopper like our first baseman came way off the first baseline hits a chopper First baseman dove for it, caught it, but as he caught, like, he kind of, like, stuck when he hit the ground, and his glove, like, stuck under him, oh. and he couldn't he couldn't get the ball out of his glove, 
to get the out at second base. And so like every, you can see in the video, like everybody's got their hands on their head. They're like, no, like this, that was our shot. We had it. Um, and you know, mate, we're like the next person on, on, on deck who's batting is Mr. $500,000 himself, Josh Riley. <laughs> the, literally this guy, I was telling my wife earlier, uh, you know, I, I told her I was going to have you on the podcast tonight and kind of explaining uh, the magnitude of this situation. Let me just kind of paint the picture for you. For those who are like kind of unfamiliar, uh, CJ was not exaggerating. This, this man cut, got cut a $500,000 check. Granted, this is over a course of years, but uh, dude, this man's job is, is to hit. It's not to go play a lockdown shortstop. It's not even to play lockdown first base. Listen, guy, we don't care if you want to catch. If you just want to sit around, just as long as you're hitting 850 every weekend, we do not care. Like, that is your job is to hit. They call him a professional hitter, and that's literally what he is. Just to kind of paint the picture of who is getting ready to step in the box. Yeah, and I think he's. I think he won the overall season MVP last year. He's won major World Series MVPs. Pretty sure he's leading the conference in home runs, if not close. Um, so he comes up, and Andrew Collins is behind him, and he's had a really good game against us too. He's a really good player. Yeah, um, Collins is clutch too. Yeah, and he had a couple home runs against us too. So I'm like, <clears throat> that was our shot. Like, there's no way that uh, – Josh Riley's missing this ball here. Like I'm playing left field. Like I said, I'm an infielder and I'm expecting either a bomb over my head that I just stand up and wave at or a nasty ass knuckleball that I'm going to have to try to catch with my teeth or do whatever. (laughs) Anything. So I'm like, like I said, we had our hands on our head. Like, no, like we had it. So then we're just there and uh, down and ready. Mitch, Mitch pump faked, I don't know, five or six times on him because obviously you got to throw something. Yeah. And uh, I see the swing and I see the just chopper in the ground ball on the very first pitch right to the shortstop. And I just start running in and just like kind of jump in, like just hoping it's like, Get the out, get the out, get the out, and and they made it, and we just all went crazy. It was it was unbelievable. Like I at least expected, like just a missile at one of the infielders or a missile somewhere, um, but Mitch just got a huge miss, like the biggest miss that I've ever seen situation wise. And uh, I mean, we were we were freaking pumped. They were not, um, but to their credit, <laughs> they were not. Their, I love how you say it. they were not. <laughs> to, to their credit, like I know a lot of times, like in that situation, like the upper team, and I've been on my team. Players on my team have been in, like this before too, back with New Breed and stuff. But like, if you lose to one of them lower teams, um, you kind of like get an attitude with them or like get mad at them, like they're not supposed to try their hardest to beat you. Um, but they, you know, they they were super classy they were all really cool and just walked through the line you know congratulated us on playing a good game like they're obviously mad at themselves because they didn't play anywhere near their potential sure but um but no they were all they were all really cool and um we were all obviously super pumped but not like over the top rubbing on anybody's face so um, not at least till you got back to the dugout anyway (laughs) right yeah (laughs) but uh but that was yeah i mean that was something that I never would have expected to happen. 
And uh, just, I mean, it goes to show you, like, that's that's what we were talking about. It's like, this is why you play the game is because mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you, you got to make the outs, you got to get hits, and, you know, the other team still has to beat you. It doesn't matter who they are, how great they are, how much money they're getting paid. They still have to play the game better than you. And uh, and anybody can beat anybody on any given day. So as, as cliche as that is. No, um, it's, it's 100% true, though. It's, it's like my son, you know, when it comes to whether it's it's baseball or football or whatever else, it's, you know, he'll say, I don't even know why they're playing the game or so-and-so's going to win. Like, man, listen, you you never know. Yeah. You you just you literally never know what might happen. And it's not yep. even like a lopsided matchup like it's not like you guys are are a bad B team, you're a great B team. But it's just that would be like uh like like a, a double or a single A team beating an MLB team. You know, the, right. the, you know it's just it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. But like you said that's why you play the game and I I can't even imagine being on the field sitting there wondering, like you said, you know, it's just, do you wave by to it or do you just take a bite out of it? So it doesn't hit the ground. Yeah. Josh Riley at the plate. And I, I would be curious to know when the last time he missed a ball that bad was. Yeah. I don't know. I know he, he, I think hit a one hopper to the short, our shortstop earlier in the game, but it, it was, a that was a missile too. So, I mean, even his misses are hard. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was, it was, that was the, last thing I expected to come off of the bat um, at that pitch. But, it, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things that, like I said, I never would have anticipated happening. And uh, I was like you said, I was glad my son was there to see it. Oh, really? Uh, That's awesome. He was, yeah, he was like, we just beat a major team. Like he was, Because <laughs> he, he, he asks a lot of questions. He knows, like, a lot about – he asks every team that we play, are you guys A? Are you double A? Like, <laughs> That's like, bro, awesome. It, it doesn't matter. Like we're just going to play them and try to beat them. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it was nice because for, like you said, it's like my son will be playing baseball games against like the first place team in this division. They're like, Oh, we don't have a chance to beat them. Well, yeah, you do. Like, yeah, go so play the game and see. Exactly. And yeah, it's just, yeah. Like I said, it's something I never, never thought would have happened, but it was just so awesome. It's still kind of, kind of hard to believe. That'll be definitely one that like you you won't forget. Like if if somebody's like, "What is one of your favorite memories?" That's got to be one of them, right? Oh yeah, I mean that's the biggest win like I've ever been a part of. I mean, doesn't matter like state championships. Like we won one couple like real big tournaments in my history, but I mean, still nothing. It doesn't matter. Nothing's gonna ever amount to that sure, from a softball sure. standpoint, at least. So you mentioned that they were playing some of their uh, bench players just to get the game started. Like at what point did like you see kind of their demeanor change and like the, the, the panic set in that like, Hey, we got to go here. Like at what point did they kind of like get the fire lit under their ass? Um, it's probably like that, like fourth, fifth inning ish area where they did start to come back a little bit. Um, they, I mean, the, the guys that they were playing still like start for them on a consistent basis. Like, at least 50% of the time, but they had like, they had Josh Riley out in right field instead of Andrew Collins, who Andrew Collins is a great outfielder. Josh Riley is, I'm, he's a good outfielder, but he's just there to hit. Correct. Um, and I, I think the rest of their defense was their normal, de- well, maybe not their middle infielder, but I know he plays a lot too. Um, but it's just kind of like once they, they pinch hit for Jonas uh, the first time, it was like, all right. Um, They're they sweating. put in. Yeah, they put in um, 
his name's Tyler Story, which I don't know if you heard about that yeah. guy. Uh-huh. He's only 24. Um, and they just found him. They, they found him on a, either a B or a C team. Um, and now he's just come up and they're, he's like rookie of the year in the, for, as a major player. That's awesome. Um, the, the kid is just unbelievable to watch. But, um, but yeah, they had him pinch hit. And I think he ended up batting twice in one inning, their big inning. Um, so it was kind of around then. It was like, all right, like they're making their run. We have to try to like combat this and, and just keep adding on to our score because they're going to score. Um, and luckily they didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it was uh, – that was also – I remember – I think Brian texted me and told me that you guys had beat them, and then I saw the clips starting to kind of float around a little bit. Uh, that Dude, it, it's awesome. Like that's a, that's a win for the ages, no doubt about it. Yeah, and I, I mean I think the only other – B team to beat a major team this year, I think, is the the Amish Rock Run, um, and they're like three and two against major teams. Yeah, as I said, they beat more than one. <laughs> yeah, they they beat. I think Resi. I don't know if they beat Resi twice. I know they beat MPT and they beat Smash It last year at least. So they might, other than this win that we just got, I think they might be the only one in like the, at least the past two years that has be, upset a major team. Um. So just for it to be that rare and that, you know, infrequent makes it all the better too. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, if people say, oh, well, you didn't, what'd you do after that? Or, or how far did you make it in the tournament? Yada, yada, yada. It's like, you got to put into perspective, like the type of tournament you're playing and the competition you're playing and just the, the simple fact that that may never happen again. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. You you may never get matched up against a major team for the rest of the season. It may, it, you know, it's how the cookie could crumble. But the fact that – I, I hate that argument, like, what would you do for the rest of the tournament? Like, it doesn't matter what we did for the rest of the tournament. That's not the point we're trying to make here. The point we're trying right. to make is you got the opportunity and you capitalized on it. Exactly. And, yeah, I mean, overall, like, I think they still ended up finishing higher than us in the tournament. But – uh it's just like, yeah, that experience is just something that most likely will never happen again to you, you know? Right. So, but yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. Still, still can't believe it. Yeah. So one last question and we're going to let you go. So I meant to ask you this earlier before we get started on story time. So who's the one player that you've seen play in person that you feel like nobody's talking about? Conference-wise? Well, well, right now, I mean, and, I, and people are starting to talk about him because he's gotten a few offers um, to do some really cool things, but it's uh, Mitch Carragher. Um, he pitches for Hubs Pub, um, played on played on Newbreed a few years back, but mm-hmm. um, he's, he's having an unbelievable year. I mean, first of all, like, just his pitching and, like, how he def- controls a game defensively. He's got one of the best gloves as a, as a pitcher that I've ever seen. Um, he, he just controls the mound. He controls the strike zone. He, he can, just, yeah, he controls the pace of the game. That's probably yeah. my, my fa- I've seen him pitch a, a, a decent number of times. That's my favorite thing about watching him pitch is he controls the pace of the game. It's not the umpire's game. It's not the other team's game. He controls the pace of the game, and that's that's a big thing. I, that's that's what I really like about watching him pitch. It's it's his field, you're, and he's letting you play on it. He does, and uh, and I mean he he does fake some, but he's not over the top with it. He's not 
in my opinion, super deceptive with his fakes. It what makes him great is not about his fakes. It's just how he'll throw a ball and it kind of it looks like it's going over and then it just falls off the table right into the strike zone, mm-hmm. um, or like it looks like it's going right for the outside corner and then falls off the table right to the front of the plate when guys are already committed to swinging. Sure. Um, so just that from that aspect, it's just he's tough to hit. And anything that he can reach, he's going to catch. It doesn't matter how hard you hit it. It doesn't matter if you hit it to the opposite side of his glove side. He does some Spider-Man shit and reaches behind <laughs> he still catches it. Um, I ask him all the time, like, how do you do that? Because, I mean, I, I'm a pretty good defensive fielding pitcher, and yes. there's balls that he catches that I don't even come close to. So, um, so yeah, him, I mean, that, and that's just defensively, but offensively, he's – outstanding this year he's batting well i don't i think he's probably still around there but up until this past weekend he's batting 800 wow. on the year. He's got like 22 home runs um batting batting second in the lineup um for hubs pub and just squaring up every single ball hitting it backside pulling it out for a home run cutting it down the line to keep it in like somebody, hit it somebody, uh, somebody was sharing some clips of him earlier I could, where did I see it at? Because I'm not friends with him on Facebook, but I saw it somewhere. I mean, I he was just Rob, putting on. A, Rob probably shared it. Okay, so he was just putting on a clinic at the, at the yeah. dish, just showing some of his swings. Like, man, so he's pitching it and he's hitting it. Oh my god, yeah. I mean, he's the best hitter on our team too. Like, he's just putting the team on his back. Honestly, um, he's and I, I ended up getting moved to the leadoff right in front of him um, this past weekend and. I kept only getting singles in front of him and he hits the ball. <laughs> he hits the ball so hard and he can pull it down that first baseline like nobody's business. And I'm just like fearing for my life every single time. And I'm like, I better start getting some more doubles or I'm going to die. <laughs> um, just he's, he's so locked in. It's, 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 it's very impressive to watch. Well, that's cool. That's uh, I, I was curious to know who you would think that's definitely got to be one. He, he's, you know, if you're a local, I mean, he's, he's been on the radar as one of the better players around here for a while. Yeah. You, you can't knock that. So he has, and, and he's, in my opinion, he's taking that next step to get to that next level. Um, cause like I said earlier, it's like you get these pitchers that they're really good pitchers, but they get pinch hit for all the time cause they can't hit. Well, you know, you get him and in their hitting, I mean, I'm not going to say he has as much power as like Travis Clark or anything like that, but, um, I mean, he can he's, hold his own. Exactly. He can hold his own. He's going to hit his home runs, and he's he probably going to spray the field a little bit more. Um, but, yeah, he, uh, he he's going to earn a spot up there um, probably next year. If if, if, I, if if he didn't, I would be extremely surprised if he wasn't on a double-A or a major team next Oof, year. That's awesome. Yeah. be pretty cool so to see. He's, that's, that's, that's my dude. You taking over mound duties if he, uh, if he makes the move? I don't know. I don't know what the plan is. Um, Chuck and Doug, that's the plan. <laughs> that's that's right. I got my goalie pads and, uh, you know, big old chest protector on out there. But, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, like I, like I said, I played left field this past weekend, and I haven't played left field in, since probably 2018. So um, whatever the team needs me to do is what I'm going to do. So Yeah, be, being versatile is something <clears> – excuse me, I know we talked earlier about just being a hitter – being versatile defensively is something too. Don't just be the shortstop. Don't just be the the right fielder. Be be somebody that, that can be put anywhere. <clears throat> exactly, exactly. Be put anywhere. That way, like the team 
is struggling somewhere, doesn't have somebody this weekend, you can go fill that spot. And, you know, as long as you keep hitting, like you're going to help the team. And I've been, I've had a pretty solid year, not nothing like Mitch, but uh, I've been, I've been real consistent this year. You're still working it around. Well, I've been, I've been, been watching. Yeah. I've been more consistent this year than I was last year for sure. So um, it's been, it's been real nice. I feel real comfortable at the plate now. So no better way to be. Absolutely. Well, listen, man, we appreciate you coming in and, and blabbing and telling stories. And, and we always shoot for an hour on these shows. And uh, we, we've hit an hour and 24 minutes, and I don't even care. <laughs> yeah. But I, know, listen, I looked down, and it was like an hour. I was like, oh, well, shit. Yeah, Oops. here we go. <laughs> yeah. But hey, listen, man, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to close up here with the podcast. Everybody say bye to CJ. Thanks, thanks for stopping in. And uh, we'll do it again, buddy. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me on. And, uh, you know. Hopefully we go win a beer worlds here soon. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll uh, stay in touch. Absolutely, buddy. See you, man. Oh, one last thing: free Sonic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bye. All right. All right, buddy. Love it. The free Sonic. I, I love. I love the quick jab there. <laughs> Got to get that in. But that was really cool. Uh, I really enjoyed this podcast. CJ is uh, really an open book. I really like the fact that he'll tell you whatever, whenever he's going to tell you how it is. Um, he, he's just a very genuine person. So for him to come on and, and tell his story and kind of let us pick his brain a little bit, I thought that was really cool. So hopefully he'll go down and make some noise at B worlds with his little squad. And we can ask him about that too. But until then, what we're going to do is we're going to shut it down. Now we're going to come back next Wednesday, 9 PM central. Be sure to stay tuned to the BP Hero review channel. Got some good content coming very soon on that as well. Thanks for stopping in and checking this out, whether it be YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Sweetheart, in case you hit it, BP Hero, catch you next time.